0: Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of the panelized prefab kit home building show with me as always is the president and founder of landmark home and land company a company which has been helping people build their new homes where they want exactly as they want across the nation and worldwide since 1993 and that man is steve tuma steve how are things in the world of panelized home building
1: that's exciting there's a lot of things happening Uh a lot of people building in different areas of the country and under different conditions you know hillsides lakefront and deserts and mountains you know it's kind of neat
0: and and that's so truly worldwide <laughs> yeah. which is great so um we've been doing this thing which i think has been uh, very successful the last few episodes um i've been reading letters uh, to uh landmark uh, from customers and potential customers, and Steve, if you're up for that, why don't we continue that again for this episode?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's see. Let's see what you have. See if you can stump
0: me. <laughs> so, um, this first question is, uh, it's it goes back to something we talked about on the uh, last episode about um, picking a design and uh, and plans from uh, from your company, Landmark. And uh, they seem all, all the plans available from Landmark, and there are how many?
1: I'm going to say 2,500 or so on wow. the website now.
0: That's that's amazing. So, mm-hmm. um, if I pick one of your plans, can I pick my own windows and doors? And I think that's a great question. So, um, as far as windows and doors, which is one of those um, uh, little things that people just they have a taste for and they want they're they're envisioning certain windows and. And um, a certain front door, certain doors going from bedrooms and things like that. So um, picking one of one of the landmark designs, are people able
1: to design uh, or or pick their own windows and doors? Yes, they are. And that's one of the key elements because those are, you know, they, they do a couple of things. They keep the weather in and out of the house, but they also give a certain look, a certain style. Mm-hmm. But there's also energy efficiency reasons for it. Mm-hmm. So, there's different types of windows wood windows, vinyl windows, aluminum windows, clad windows, and they have different looks, different features double hung, single hung, casement, picture windows, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And people are able to go through and then decorate the home they want. You know, some people like the simplicity of a white vinyl, other people want to have a walnut inside with a brush antique uh, brass inside mm-hmm. uh, hardware mm-hmm. so that allows people to go through and decorate the way it is and then it it also allows them like on doors you can have a single door double doors sliding doors french doors and you know as you brought up it's also on the inside mm-hmm. you know what what kind of doors do you want do you want solid wood doors do you want the hollow core you know what what type of a feel and that's a very important decorating part, but also energy efficiency component of it
0: yeah, and most people don 't think about that. I mean the aesthetic is what's important but but to have things functional and and uh to be able to help you uh, uh keep your keep the cost down of just your your heating and cooling is important
1: right and that's that's that ties in energy calculations if if you need them if you're going to have them for your home, mm-hmm. you need to make sure that the windows of a certain standard Mm-hmm. And then there's also other situations with tempered glass where you end up in a uh, in a scenario where say a patio door if someone were to fall through it you don't want it to break in sharp spears of oh, such it would right. break, you know so it's so it's a safety situation around staircases open you know glass that's uh you know right above the floor around water and bathtubs different situations like that so we're able to go through and Work with you on the design. Another key one is uh, egress, hmm. and in bedrooms you want a window that's big enough to open so a person can crawl out, right. you know, in the case of an emergency right. of some yeah. type. So there there's a lot of details that that we go in and help you design it to make sure it's right. But then you you can choose the window you like hmm. and for the budget that you want and and go through and the this let me add a follow up question to that. Like, can I put a big window in a wall? To take advantage of a view, mm-hmm. you know, a lake, a mountain, or a pretty meadow, or whatever it is, and that that's part of what we can do to help you in positioning the house on a site, mm-hmm. so that you're able to take advantage of the windows that you like, so you can see what you want to see.
0: Right. I I didn't even think about that. The safety fact, the safety factor is is uh, just as important as the aesthetic. In fact, more important. Um, that's mm-hmm. that kind of information is. Uh, is what you'll get when you contact Landmark because, uh, you know, everything about building a new home, it's not just about how it looks, but a lot of other functionality. Um, when someone uh, picks a design from Landmark um, and then decide what what uh, where they want windows and, and all the flexibility that's available through you guys, are the rough openings for windows
1: and doors installed in the wall, wall panels when they're delivered? Yes, and that's that's very important because not all window sizes are standardized among window manufacturers. Mm-hmm. People will say, oh, I'm just going to use a standard window. Can you put it there? Well, this manufacturer is this size. Mm-hmm. You know, s- someone may have a three-by-five-foot double-hung window. The other manufacturer might be three-foot one-inch by five-foot one-inch. Mm-hmm. So even though they're kind of the same size, it's a different actual opening. So patio doors and windows... We need the uh the actual dimension. Now what's good about that is we'll supply the plans mm-hmm. with the window suggested window sizes up for what you tell us. So then your window manufacturer or supplier can just go through there and say, hey, you need a three by five double hung in the window, you need a five by four picture window in the mm-hmm. living room. Mm-hmm. And then they can go through, get that list with the performance values for energy calculations, and then also the rough opening sizes and the types of windows. So that we can be sure to put them on the plans and it's accurate for permitting. Mm -hmm. There's 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 something that gets interesting about this. A three by five window in a double hung might meet egress for fire, but in a single one and single hung window, that exact window may not meet egress. So you've got to look at the specifics of this. And like I mentioned before, if you went if you went and took that window in a bedroom, but then took that exact same window and put it, say, over a bathtub, mm-hmm. by the bathtub it would have to be tempered glass. Uh-huh. In case someone was in the bathtub and slipped and stuck their hand on the glass to support, right, right. It, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't get sliced. Huh. So there, there's a... There's a little bit of work involved with Windows, but we're fully capable of helping you through it. You just kind of need to let us know what you need, and it's a lot we'll, of we'll sounds design. like
0: a, sounds like a lot of fun work too. I mean, that's the fun part of uh, building a house is uh, kind of going out and, and looking for those windows and those doors, and and then having someone like Landmark to be able to tell you, yeah, we can make that work. That, that sounds fun. Well,
1: our customers also like to know what they're building. Yeah, they want to know what they're spending their money on. Mm. They want to know that it's done right. They want to see it. They want to control it. And that's that's kind of the situation is you you know that these features are in your home. So it it's easier for you to justify your budget when you know you're getting a properly built, properly designed, properly insulated house. Mm-hmm.
0: There's a, a letter here from a gentleman who has a, a lot of different variables. I'd like to take them one at a time. He'd like to know, and this is pretty much a generalization, um, how big are the wall panels and how much do they weigh? So when Landmark uh, delivers those, those um,
1: wall panels, how, how big are they? <laughs> well, generally, wall, wall panels will be broken up depending upon where windows are, mm-hmm. you know, openings, windows and doors and corners and things like that. Mm-hmm. As a general rule of thumb, we try to make them 8 to 10 feet wide, the longest one being about 12 feet. Occasionally you'll get smaller ones, you know, if you've got a, a cut in a corner or something like that. Mm-hmm. But generally that's that's the way that they are. And they can weigh, uh, say, 200 to 500 pounds, depending mm-hmm. on the size and the size of headers. So if you've got a, wind, a wall going around a patio door, you know, if you've got a 6-foot wide patio door, it's going to be a pretty big wall, mm-hmm. seven eight, you know, feet wide, big, and and with the header. So, something that I should do as a follow up when when we uh, right before we deliver a home, we supply assembly plans that show what each wall panel looks like mm-hmm. and where it is placed on the house, uh-huh. along with trusses, so people are familiar with what's being delivered. And then as the delivery is being made, we send pictures so people can look to see how the truck is loaded. Mm. So there's no surprises. Everything's laid out there showing mm-hmm. you know how the house gets assembled. They, they'll have this information prior to the delivery. They can review it, get comfortable with it, understand it, review it with their framer if they're hiring someone. Mm-hmm. And that just makes it easier. Right.
0: Now, you just uh, uh, brought up something. You said truck explain to uh to the people listening how is a panelized home delivered give give us that uh overall put it put it in our mind's eye
1: well it's it's basically delivered on a semi-truck just like the semi-truck you would see on the highway every day mm-hmm. a 53 foot flatbed plus the the tractor in the front so basically wall panels are stacked like pancakes generally eight to ten tall and they're banded together so Uh, Someone could use a forklift to slide the forks under the bundle of walls, lift them, and then move them into position um, where they'll be needed. Mm -hmm. And that's the advantage of the assembly plans. It'll say, hey, walls one through seven are on the back of the house. When you see them stacked like pancakes, you take walls one through seven and bring them to the back of the house. The trusses are also banded together and stacked so they can be lifted off um the stack like pancakes and then uh the, like raw you know say we have to deliver some raw materials 2x10s 12s whatever it may be they're banded just like you would see in a lumberyard in in bun and bunks mm-hmm. so it's uh it's a very clean process and uh you know we we stack the truck and and make it easy. A lot of people ask, hey, is it loaded in the sequence that I'll need it? Can you keep the truck there? Uh-huh. The idea is to get the truck out of the way so your framing crew has the space to work around it. Right. But the bundles will be stacked in a sequence that they'll be used. Mm-hmm. You know, Occasionally, there's a, an odd size or something that has to be out of sequence, but generally, they're stacked. So you can look at it and say, like I mentioned, walls 1 through 7 are on the back, walls 8 through 12 are on the side. You know, and you, you could put them in locations where it's convenient for framing. So it's, it's on a flatbed truck. We deliver, a, you know, as close to the foundation as we can get. You know, we have to be safe, of course, and make sure the road's passable. But mm-hmm. we've been able to deliver all around the country in mountain areas, cities, you know, rural areas, where, wherever it would, would be.
0: Mm. It just sounds like a a big puzzle.
1: and uh, But it sounds like an easy puzzle. Which well, is- we give you the answer. That's the cool part about <laughs> it. It's... it's uh, you know, wall one here, wall two there, wall three there. Mm. Just got a call today. A couple's retiring, building a house in the UP. He said the truck showed up, we had it unloaded in two hours. He said, and my wife and I started putting walls up and took pictures. It was amazing.
0: <laughs> That's great. They they
1: just they just had to do it. And How much they, fun is that? Yeah, they said this is amazing. Well let's
0: uh let's follow up on that. How many people does it take to assemble a, a landmark panelized
1: home? Well, generally, we suggest that you have one knowledgeable framer that understands the concepts of framing, and then a couple laborers. Mm-hmm. Depending on site conditions, you could have two people or three people. Sometimes people try to get five, six, seven, eight people, but there's a certain point where I think it's a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. So I'd say three to three to four people. You know, with one person being a, an understanding the framing concepts, right? Then the others kind of just being labor or muscle to help put things in place and and we suggest people get a you know some equipment you know maybe a a, a forklift or mm-hmm. an extended reach forklift or something to to help move unload the truck and then move the materials around the site right
0: that makes sense now that's the that leads right into this next question the gentleman wants to know do i need a crane to
1: assemble a panelized home or will a forklift work you don't really need a crane um, cranes generally cost more mm-hmm. it's a more specific operator mm-hmm. in general the cost of a crane for a day is what a forklift or an extended reach forklift would be for the week mm-hmm. so unless you have a site that requires a crane you know you're on the side of a hill or just there's something in the, the site that doesn't allow the maneuverability of a forklift or an extended reach forklift a crane could work but that's more site can site specific now Mm -hmm. there's other points if you're building a big three-story home you might need something with a longer reach but most homes you could do with an extended reach forklift you can get the panels up there the roof trusses up there and and make everything happen so Mm -hmm. um, some people just manhandle them um we always say hey get the equipment it's probably safer faster and easier and and uh it's a lot of work assembling the panels. so the equipment, I think, will make it go a lot quicker and, and uh, be easier overall.
0: Mm. Uh, here's a question from a lady. It sounds like she's done her homework a little bit. Um, Dear Landmark, how do I decide between dimensional wood floor systems and I-joist or floor
1: truss system? That's interesting because that's uh, that depends on the use mm-hmm. or, and, and what you're intended to need. Dimensional wood is like a 2x10 or 2x12. hmm well, th- those are solid pieces of wood. You can't really drill through them. You might be able to drill a inch or two through there, but you can't really run duct work through them, and they've got a limited span. Eye mm-hmm. joists, it's an engineered wood, kind of like a piece of OSB with a block of wood at the top and bottom, like an I beam. If you were to take a slice through it, it'd be like an eye. Um, those are engineered, and they can have a longer span. Mm-hmm. Okay, And then the open-web floor trusses, they're they're a web, so you can actually pass ductwork, plumbing, and electric through them. And they, again, can have a a longer span. So the point being is what are you intending on doing? Mm -hmm. So let's just say you were building an affordable ranch on a crawl space. Mm -hmm. The most affordable way is to go with a dimensional wood, like a 2x10. Right. You're not you're not going to be living in the basement in the crawl space. You don't need head clearance. The ductwork can go there. The end result is going to be the same. If you then decided, hey, I want to have a basement, but I'm not, my basement isn't going to be storage. I'm going to have a pool table. I'm going to have a gaming room, a home theater, maybe an entertainment area, and I want it to be open. Sounds like my kind of home. Yeah. Well, Steve, <laughs> all of us have been in the home where there's a post, and no matter where the post is, it's in the wrong place. Right. So what, what the the bigger span of the I-joist does is it eliminates uh, beams and posts, making for a bigger open area, like in a basement. But not just the basement, um, in great rooms, mm-hmm. you know, and, and upper level floors as well. So it provides a span. Now, the floor truss is open web so you could pass the ductwork through. Mm-hmm. So let's just say you had an 8-foot wall in the basement, Using an eye joist or dimensional wood, you would have to hang the ductwork below it, so maybe by the time you box in the ductwork, you end up with a seven foot ceiling uh-huh, yeah, well, with the the floor trusses, you can run the ductwork through the trusses and with an eight foot wall, end up with a little bit under an eight foot ceiling. You have to consider the floor slab, hmm. so i'm I'm using rough numbers there. So that's that's the point. Is it it allows you to run a, a ductwork and plumbing through there. So it's a quicker, easier assembly, not just in the wood structure of the home and in our panelized package, but also for plumbers and electricians and heat people. Hmm. So so it really comes into uh, what what's your intended use and the design of the home. If you have big open areas, you're more likely to use an I joist. Or a floor truss, right? And uh, you know the cost goes up a little more for each one, but there are cases where the cost isn't significantly different for the design. Hmm. So it's uh, th- those are the basic situations of how big of an area do you have to span across, mm-hmm. and then then we could determine the system, and that that's what we can get involved to to kind of work with you to say, hey, this this where this is where it makes sense under these conditions this is where it makes sense under under other conditions. Mm. So it's uh but that that's what we can do to help you. Mm. That's a key element. That's a yeah. good good question. It's it's a little deeper than most people understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as as people learn things they they're asking that question more and more.
0: And like I said there are people doing their homework. So yeah, it's uh do a little investigation on your own and you can ask more intelligent questions, which is always helpful. Um you know, we've we've kind of touched on this before in in uh, past episodes, but we talk about getting our design, deciding on the design of the house. How if I want to make changes to my panelized home during the the, the design and then the
1: building process,
0: can I make changes to my panelized home?
1: The answer is yes. The situation, though, the deeper answer is. You should look at the conditions. Mm -hmm. If it's in the design process, the preliminary plans where we're just working the design of the home, you know, where do you want windows, how big do you want rooms, what do you want the house to look like? It's real easy to change it on paper. Once you get into the engineering phases, it gets a little harder to do changes, but it's still possible if absolutely necessary. It it gets to a budget point and a sensibility point. Changes during the construction will will delay your schedule and it will also cost more in any building system mm-hmm. no matter what you use that would do that would uh, increase the cost so that's why we say let's do all the changes on paper it's easy to say hey let's add a window let's move a door let's make the house a foot bigger mm-hmm. once the house is assembled it's just like a stick built home yes you can do changes it's just you have to realize that something's already there you got to remove it and then you then you've got to replace it so it's going to hurt your schedule a little and it's going to cost you a little money it's mm-hmm. it's wood it can be changed um, that being said some people think the nature of building is doing changes they say that's part of it well that's also a big part of the reason why people go over budget because of the cost of the changes Steve it's the same thing if you went to a restaurant you know when you're looking at the menu it doesn't really hurt anything if you say oh i want the spaghetti and then you change your mind to the chicken Mm
0: -hmm.
1: well if you ordered it and the cook is cooking your food it's a little bit harder to change Mm -hmm. much less as when it's delivered to your table you say hey that spaghetti looks great but now i just have a taste for chicken (laughs) it just it's extra money it's extra time and it goes there so to avoid those problems we tell and suggest people that they take the time to understand their design and make sure that it's right. Right. Because the, the changes, yes, they can be done. It just, it's a little bit awkward to do it. So if you can avoid it, it's, it's, it's possible. There are people out there that say, hey, I heard panelized homes can't be changed. Yes, they can be changed. Hmm. It's just like a stick-built home. You can change it. It's just like anything. Once you've done a process to go back and redo it, can add complexity. And let let me add one point. It depends on what you're changing. Mm-hmm. You know, if you said, hey, I've got an interior wall that's 10 feet wide, and I've got a three-foot door in the middle, I just want to move it six inches, that probably isn't any big deal. Right. But if you said, hey, I need to add another wing to this house, you know, it's a little, it's a, it's some more <laughs> work to do it. So it depends on what it is. We'll be as accommodating as possible, but it, it's always good just to do, as we say, do your homework up front. Mm-hmm design it right, and then build it. You'll control your schedule, your headaches, and your budget <laughs> a, lot, a lot more. <laughs> Controlling the headaches
0: is the most important thing. Right. <laughs> Here's a question. Uh, Dear Landmark, I live in the mountains in Colorado, an area with a limited building season. How would a panelized
1: home help me? Well, that's really interesting because Colorado's got a lot of seasons, and in some of the higher elevations, the snow flies and fall through mm-hmm. beginning of summer. Right. So there may only be a four or five month building period. The, the benefit of the panelization is we could do all the design engineering in winter so that when you break gr- ground in spring, as soon as the thaw's there and the weather's better, the framing process is quicker. So if you get in a more complex home, you could save a considerable amount of time in weeks, mm-hmm. sometimes even months in a, in a larger home, so that you're able to get the house, the structure up and dried in, you know, the roof on the windows and so that then people can work and finish the house. That's, that's a key element. And, uh, not just she's, she's from Colorado, but there's hurricane seasons in Florida. There's just different seasons in, you know, the plain States where it gets colder. Mm-hmm. And then there's other situations of, uh, availability of contractors, what's interesting is a lot of people think hey i want to build through summer that's when to build it's like well hey you can also build in fall and then finish the inside in winter right and get your choice of contractors because they're not as busy you know in areas where the climate gets colder Mm. so your your ability to control the schedule um is very important Mm -hmm. especially in the places with the limited building season wow there's so much
0: just so much to know and it's uh it's crazy, landmark it just seems like the way to go. You guys seem to have so many answers, just the little things it boggles the mind, the little things that you have to think about when you're building a house and and it's really nice to know that there's there are companies like Landmark you guys are there to answer so many questions. it's great um there's a, a one last letter I'd like to get to here. it's a pretty simple question, dear Landmark, is
1: panelization just like a stick built home? Yes, it is in fact. It's a more efficient method of stick building. What we've basically done is taken the same concept. So if you take a wall panel, uh, if someone was stick building, meaning getting the sticks, the 2x6s, the 2x4s, and so on, getting them delivered to site, cutting them, building a wall, and lifting the wall up, they're doing a lot of work on site, potential for uh, lower quality work, just because their work conditions... You know, you're working on the ground or in in areas where it's just not an optimal place. Mm -hmm. Um, You're affected by weather. People make mistakes. They cut boards and then you need another one. There's generally a lot more waste. What we've done is we've taken that process of building the wall panels in site in a controlled environment so that all those details can be put together and then we deliver the wall panel to the site and it's put up. So a lot of stick framers will be like I've never done a panelized I'm like well you have done panelized if you've done stick built because you're making your own wall panel Mm -hmm. and then lifting in place the difference is we're pre-designing it so you're not out there having to cut and measure and do do as much cutting and details everything's there so you just assemble the walls Mm -hmm. put wall one up, wall two up wall three up, you know truss one truss two, truss three Mm -hmm. so you're assembling so it's much quicker so just like a little bit earlier in this conversation, a retired couple in the Upper Peninsula, Michigan, husband and wife, decided to put a couple walls up. Mm. I think they said they did the back half, of, the back half of a house in an afternoon, mm. and they were just happy taking pictures of each other. Right, you know, put putting up. So, so when you look at the speed of assembly, it helps because there's labor shortages. There's some framers aren't as qualified as others. Mm-hmm. This allows you to get your house built under a controlled situation and a controlled, um, budget. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the key element. So it is just like stick building. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, a more efficient process and it's a more controlled and more cost effective process. Mm-hmm. It's
0: funny. Uh, you know, this is something uh, that I've never brought up in the podcast before, but whenever we're talking yeah, the your passion and your and your excitement about seeing people getting to new homes, getting into their, their dream home is just amazing. It seems to me like you and your brother Mike, who helped you uh, build the company back in 93, you guys both have this sort of personal interest in seeing people get what they want. I think that's great. Well,
1: it's a lot of fun, you know, and we've been doing it since 1993, and it's still exciting <laughs> because... It's not just saying, you know, it's not like, oh, here's another gallon of milk. You know, I'm sure grocery (laughs) guys are are very passionate about their business, but you're affecting people's lives, the family I'm talking about. It's their retirement home. They sold their business. They're retiring. They're buying acreage. They're going to be able to have family over, friends over, boat, fish, Mm -hmm. do whatever it is that they choose to do. Sometimes it's the first home. Sometimes it's the retirement home. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a moving up home. Sometimes it's a vacation home. We had a spurt where a lot of families were, were building a, a kind of compound-type homes mm-hmm. where the family would get together. You know, the grandfather had the land someplace. Mm-hmm. Well, as the family grew up, everyone moved away. Mm-hmm. But they realized, hey, we still want to do the holidays together, right. the big weekends, the the birthdays. We want to have our central point. So when you get a picture of a family, you know, from five years or ten years ago saying, hey, look, the grandkids are here for the first time. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, here's here's my husband. He carved the mantle. Right. Yeah. Or, hey, my husband did this. Or, hey, my wife did this. Or, hey, we, we put all these different details into the home. Um, there, there's one family, I, I got a picture. It was one of the most interesting pictures. She sent a picture of daffodils that his grandfather planted in the 50s. Uh-huh. Just this yellow field, and it's, it's there with the house. So you start looking at this. It's not just a house like, hey, a place to stay warm. You're affecting people's lives. Right. As, as people retire and they still want a home office for a little retirement job, or as people telecommute, as you know, millennials need different working conditions, if people live in different ways, it's kind of the dining room is taking way to the game room, mm-hmm. to the great room. So it's interesting to see what you can do. And one of the neatest things, we just got a picture from a family building in Anderson Island, uh, Washington State. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are building homes and their kids are involved. Right. So you see a 7-year-old, a 15-year-old, a 12-year-old. See this, the organizational knowledge that they gain, Mm -hmm. the working with the family, the pride Mm -hmm. that this is my home. I bet you that kid keeps his room a little cleaner when he (laughs) built the house, (laughs) you know, than than if he's just, you know, thrown in some apartment someplace. So and then a a lot of people have active lifestyles. Mm. So that particular home on Anderson Island. The walkout basement is kayak and canoe storage. Ah, right. So you can just run up and down to the water and have your stuff and have it secure in there. And then other people are into skiing and or, you know, any of the outdoor sports and they need a certain garage for whatever hobbies they happen to be or, or craft rooms or porches overlooking looking at. So it's important to have a house, but to have an environment that you truly enjoy living in, mm-hmm. that's a whole different world. And yeah. that, that I think, is why people enjoy working with us, because if they want to do changes, we don't sit here and say, oh, it's another $4,000 to do this. It's like, hey, let's change it. We're in the preliminary plan stage. Let's, let's move that window to take advantage of the view. Mm-hmm. One of the neatest stories I had, Craig in Arizona, or Leroy, he said, Steve, I've been married 50 years, and I promised my wife that I'm going to buy her a new home. He said, I just turned 78. I better get it for her. <laughs> we spent, We we he got the garage and the porch so they could look over the land. Mm-hmm. And she wanted a kitchen laid out a certain way mm-hmm. with windows in the corner so she could look over the land. Apparently she's a master no, pie cook, uh-huh. pie baker, sorry. So this house was designed around him goofing off in the yard and playing with his toys in the garage and her baking pies
0: that's great that's the so best. <laughs> he
1: said 78 years old and i and i was like wow energetic happy i get christmas cards from him every year it's it's amazing <laughs> they're that, that's one of the most amazing things out there well that goes back to the passion that you
0: you guys have i mean it's that's testimonial right there people are, are following up with you and keeping in touch with you and showing you the flowers they've they're growing around their new home and sending you christmas cards and you guys should be proud of that. That's uh, that's really amazing. It,
1: it's it's amazing. And then when a customer calls back after ten or fifteen years and says, "Remember me? I want to do it again." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, let's do it. That's great. Yeah, let's go have some fun."
0: That's fantastic. Right. All right. So we've come to the end of another podcast. But uh, before we sign off, uh, Steve, once again, please um, give us uh, the lowdown on how we can connect with Landmark uh, Landmark Home and Land Company, and you know, basically. Uh, where we go for all the information.
1: Yeah, it's very easy to get in touch with us. And yes, we are responsive. We answer phones. We return emails. And if you do get a voicemail, we will call you back right away and get you taken care of. But the key to it is you can call us at 800-830-9788. You can look at our webpage at lhlc.com. That's the initials of Landmark Home Land Company. lhlc.com. Uh, you you can submit an inquiry through there or you can email mike at mike at lhlc.com or email me steve at landmark at com. that's great and
0: uh yeah just always enjoy these talks we have because I, I learn so much and it i get excited just hearing about other people building their new homes it just it's inspiring so congrats on the on all you guys are doing over at landmark well thank you Well, that's it for this episode of the Panelized Prefab Kit Home uh, Building Show. So for Steve Tuma and myself, thanks again for listening, everyone, and we will see you next time. Have a great day.